Hi everyone, welcome to Mounts of the Merrimack. I'm Captain Chris Velasquez here with Dandy Daddy. And today, guys, we get a man of many hats, the one and only shellfish constable <laughs> of Newburyport, Massachusetts. But not only is our man Paul Hogg the shellfish constable, he's also the harbor master. He owns a bait shop. His family owns a bait shop. And he's a charter captain. Welcome aboard, Paul. Thanks for coming out tonight. Thanks for having me, guys. So I'm glad you finally made it. You're a man with many hats and a very busy schedule. We've been trying to plan this for a while, but you know, thank you for taking the time to come out here on a late Thursday afternoon. I know. Talk about a tough guy to pencil in. We should have just called his assistant and got on the schedule. You know. Yeah, Marianne's the best. (laughs) So, what what's new for this year, Paul? We're we're coming into the 2022 season. Think boats are getting in the water. Okay, the Cashman price went up a little bit. What's it? Fifteen dollars now. Fifteen. Yep. Yeah. Just everyone's been come kind of coming after us, but those those are all from the state. Obviously. Yeah. Yeah. And you know a lot of it, Salisbury. I think they were up to forty bucks for a launch for out of state. For out of state for one day. Yeah. Wow. So it was forty bucks, and you know I think they were kind of trying to deter the out of state people from coming. You know, with all the COVID and all that. You know, so you know, so they basically, you know, that's that's all judged from the state. So it's it's still reasonable. You know, we're at fifteen. You know, there's a lot of costs that go with that. We have to you know pay for the docks, the cranes. You know, sometimes they have three people working down there. Sometimes, you know, you get Dickie working in the shed and two Your dog father? cans. No, no. Oh, no. the other Dickie. <laughs> yeah, he's been there since longer than I've been here, but he, he does a great job. But if you're a frequent boater, like, you could you could buy a year pass, right? Yeah, it's 150 bucks. you know, unlimited. You know, that's the park to launch, you know, all season long. So it's it's still a it's still a great deal. That's you know, a obviously, deal. Obviously, nobody likes when a fee goes up and you kind of hear about it, but, you know, you, you get a bang for your buck over over there at Cashman. And it's, well, the uh, the alternative alternative is to spend 155 dollars a foot at a slip yeah so 150 bucks for a season pass ain't too shabby not at all no and you guys did a really wonderful job there because now you got that fishing pier right next to it and that was from the state too as well correct yep so that comes from when when you get your fishing license you know so when everyone has to pay for their fishing license now that goes into a bucket of money that goes through piers throughout the commonwealth of massachusetts you know and speaking of cashman cashman park is actually one of the busiest launches in the commonwealth of massachusetts you know, oh, so I believe it. Yeah, it's, you know, you go to Salisbury, you're not going to, you know, you, you can park, you, but you don't have dock hands, you know, you don't have the people there helping you, you know, so it's, you know, some people want to complain about the rates going up, but all in all, I mean, 90% of the people that come there say, this is a great launch, I can't believe it's only 15 bucks to launch my boat, to park all day, you know, to have somebody here helping us, you know, so you kind of you kind of get your bang for your buck down there. So you you spending all you spend a fair amount of time down there too at times, right? Yeah, you have I to do. seen some crazy shit. Like, what is the what's the craziest thing you've seen happen? To be honest, a lot of it's you know people coming back. You know the the people gentlemen that can't really handle a boat that well, mm-hmm. and they got their girlfriends kind of helping them tie up, and they come in, and I've actually seen women break their arms oh i've seen boats you know come off of the trailers you know so i try to teach everybody to you know drain plugs you know keep take a look at the the trailers you know a lot of times guys back them in they leave the straps on you know kind of your, your basic stuff so you, you try to teach the guys and i've had way better luck with my retirees versus some of the kids that i've had working for me you know they kind of know what to look for so it's 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 an exciting place on the weekends and it's non-stop yeah it definitely is a, a very busy ramp on the weekends. You know, you get a nice day. And I, I wonder now if a lot more people are going to be um, trailering in their boats with gas prices so high. Like, people probably said, oh, screw it. 
I'm probably only going to go five, ten times a year. Maybe I'll just pull the boat instead of getting a, a dock this year. Yep. And I think a lot of people are going to be kind of, you know, hanging out on their boats, cruising around their dinghies. You know, I've talked to a couple marina managers, and they're, they're worried about, you know, the guys just, just having a bunch of people hanging out down at the, the marinas and then, you know, going out and flying around the dinghies and stuff like that with the, with the gas prices, you know? Yeah, definitely. I mean, just even like on Sunday uh, when I came back from my trip, you know, I came back probably around 11.30, noon, and was in the river. It was a beautiful Sunday, and I felt like there was no boats out there <laughs> for what it typically is. And I wonder if it's a gas issue problem. Yeah, I think it's the—I mean, it's still early, you know, Labor Day, mm. you know, being late this year, and it's been really windy. It's been so windy. It's—I don't remember being this bad in forever, you know. Even when we put, we put the docks in early, I, I was kind of expecting a— a busy you know start to the season it's just been it's it's been a little quiet you know and and uh I th- the wind the weather hasn't been the greatest i mean the late start for the memorial day you know so you know it's tough I, to tell i was just out there i just had a charter literally docked and walked and came up here and um it was blowing it was blowing about 25 30 the whole time we were out there but the fish didn't seem to mind finally had, <laughs> finally got into my first real good feed that lasted two hours so uh, no keepers today. I got a couple yesterday. No keepers today. They were all big 24 to 26. I think we got like four or five, like around 27 and a half. So we were close. And um, no, the guys had a great time. We had that great fee going on for about two hours. But it was like right at almost like at slack. Like I think slack was at quarter of four right when we left the dock just because I got out of work. That's when I could go. Um, and when, when we were drifting, the wind was coming out of the south, and like literally, like you weren't going up or down river at all. You were just going straight across, like two and a half knots. But so, like you catch a fish, and then by the time you you reel it up, you're you're out of them, and you got to go back. But they were so thick, man. It looked like a pogie school. Yeah. It looked like a pogie school out there. You could see, and they were just slurping, slurping these little sand deals. And the bait, oh my god, the bait out there today, and actually all spring has been pretty impressive. So a lot of sand deals. So. Sand deals, yeah. Hopefully that mouth bite continues to be as good as it was last year. Yeah. So, but I want to get back to Cashman's for a second because we know it's a little. <laughs> of course you do. We know it's a little crazy there. As the harbor master, is there a certain like side to put in at a certain time? Are you like? I know, I know how I do it, what side I want to go on, but is that like a, a thing that people are aware of that you guys stress down there? Like this is the inside, this is the outside. Uh, yeah, so we have signs that we put up, you know, so generally depending, you know, obviously we have to deal with the wind, we have to deal with the currents, high tide, low tide, you know, a low tide is tough because we only have a certain amount of dock. Yeah, you so know, you can only high, fit like one boat. Exactly. And then you got, the, you know, the cigarette boats that want to come in now, and then, you know, you got the guys waiting out there. So, I mean, we, every day is different. We always try to accommodate for everybody, and obviously, you know, you have in, in this way, out that way, but... You know, sometimes if you don't have any boats launching and you have a bunch of people waiting outside, you try to just keep it going as quick as possible. So, I mean, my recommendation is generally I, tr- I try to train everybody that's working there, you know, to pay attention to what's going on. You got the weather, the tides, you know, the traffic. So just always try to pay attention to the dock hand that's on hand. Yeah, true. And listen to those guys because, like you said, they're trained. They know what they're doing. They're there right. to help. And I think the the other thing is too is before people go get ready to launch their boat, please get your stuff ready before you pull up into the area to launch. Yep. I know a lot of guys like we always do. We stop at the stop sign and unload, load everything on there. If someone's all ready to go, they can skip ahead of us and back down. Um, so that also kind of speeds up the process too. If you're responsible and and get get your stuff ready to go, so that when you're ready to back down, 
you don't have to do shit. I can't tell you how many boats, you know, they say they're all prepared. Then they get in the water. Oh, it started up at my house. And then, you know, the battery doesn't work. You know, they forget their drain plug. You know, just once it gets in the water, there's always something, you know. So it's always kind of shooting from the hip when it gets there. And I just try to you try to keep things moving along at best. I always tell people to be patient. You know, there's always a lot of people, a lot of different things going on. Yeah. You know, so it's just, you know, always shooting from the hip. Well, you get such a busy job for a small stretch of river. You know, it's not wide. What's the river? Like a 400 yards wide, maybe, for the most part. I know it is at the mouth and maybe up river. Yep. yep. And, but the amount of traffic, the boat traffic we have is just, how many boaters are there in the Newburyport side? So just to give you an idea, we register about 1,500 boats just in Newburyport. In Salisbury, there's about 600. This is at the marinas, yep. you know, uh, for the moorings. Plus you got, you know, Cashman Park, plus the, you know, the transient docks, which have like quadrupled since we did Dockwa. Yeah. Oh my God. I've noticed that the last few years, man, that, that city dock has been packed. Yeah, it's it's you know we signed up with Doc, right? So you can actually do reservations before it was first come first serve, and there was kind of no rhyme or reason to it. But you know now that we have the building, we have the facilities. You know it was a lot of work. You know a lot of grant funding and going through the process. At one point, I almost threw up my hands. You know just all the grief I was getting. But you know we got the building done. You know we got the docks, and and now everyone that comes here. I mean we're very lucky to be a new report where you can pull up, go right downtown. You got Abraham Bagel. You got breakfast places. You got some awesome restaurants. You know, so I, I have people that come from all over the world. Owner of football teams. We had this. Yeah, that was a big boat there. So every time we get the bigger boats in, it's always a big buzz for the city. Who owns it? You know, we can kind of start the rumors sometimes, and it's funny to see how it goes. But and I've had people that've been all over the country. And say that Newburyport is one of their favorite ports that they've ever been in. I remember. So the owner was Tom Benson, right? Yeah. Of, of the Saints. He's passed away since. But Sean Payton, the coach, was up here the yep. year before, or a couple of years before. And I always remember Sean Payton's boat because um, the name of the boat was written in neon. Yeah. I can't remember the name. It was cursive. I probably couldn't read it anyway. Yep. And, uh, but the boat that was there last year, that thing was a humongous. Yeah. That was the owner of the Washington football team. That was Dan Snyder? Yeah. Oh, man, gross. Don't let him back here. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, is he allowed back here? <laughs> <laughs> so this boat, uh, so its starboard side was facing me every time I went out, and I noticed like they had this little cutout, and I went to the Fort Lauderdale boat show a couple years ago, and I saw those on other boats, and they lifted up, and they had like jet skis and stuff in there. Uh, no, when he opened up that, he had two of my boats <laughs> inside. They had like a 25-footer and a 20-foot center console that you just open up and drive into like a garage on this bigger boat. You could see the hot tub on the top deck. It was like below deck. Ever seen that show? Oh, yeah. It was yeah. even more than that, though. I think it would be bigger, bigger than those boats, the below deck yeah. boat. Yeah, yeah. yeah. How big was that boat? 135. <sighs> yeah. What do you get? A, what do you get? How do you charge for? For are you charge it's, by the yeah, foot? Yeah, it's by the foot, and then it's weekly rate, weekend rate. You know, so actually we're a little bit less than most communities. And I, I actually had a meeting last night, and we were talking about fees, and we just made an increase, you know, a year and a half ago. Um, you know, so which we, we want we want people to come here. You know, we want them to come here. Absolutely. We want it to be affordable. It's another gateway to the city. You know, so it's. It's it's very affordable compared to what other communities charge. Well, I think it's because we have a fantastic harbor master running the show. <laughs> and I mean that with all my heart because, I mean, just your path to get here, you know, you've been involved yeah. in in the city. You grew up in Newburyport, correct? Yep, Newburyport High School. My kids went to Newburyport High School. I mean, that's – in all the meetings and all the things I've been through, it's, you know, not only, you know – 
I'm all in. You know, yeah. I love the city. I, you know, I live here. I went to the high school, was raised here, grew up tuna fishing here. You know, back to with my dad going over in Salisbury to the, you know, getting breakfast. <laughs> yeah. Over at Fishtails, you know. Oh, I so remember that. That's a, that used to be where the deck is now, right? Yep. Yep. Oh, yep. I remember that place. Yeah. Yeah. Yep. We used to go there with my dad, right? Yeah. Back in the day. Yep. So I mean, obviously, you know, I. I it, I have a lot of skin in the game. You know, so. Well, what's really nice too is for you know the fishing community. So a lot of times, like the fishing community and the harbor master might not, but you do a lot for us, and it's definitely really appreciated. But right. you also do a lot for all the other boaters, and you do a lot in the community. You run the Newburyport Shark and Tuna Tournament. Yep. Yeah, that's always a fun one. Are you doing that again this year? We are. Yeah, it's actually slated for September 9th. You know, Ooh, last, last year alone, you know, it's also a fundraiser. We, we donated almost $7,500 to Dana-Farber. Yeah. 7500 bucks. Yeah. Nice. Yep. That and was left over after, you know, paying out all the, you know, the awards and, and stuff like that. So it's it's a lot of work. Who won last year? Um, the, the tuna category? Yeah. Molly Jane. Molly Jane? Yeah. Yeah. yeah he's out of Maine. He's a slayer. Yeah. yeah he, he does all the tournaments, and he's an excellent fisherman, you know, so he, he does really well. Who won the shock? Oh, didn't uh? Yeah, it was Larry. Larry won it, right? Yeah. So he's at my dock, right? First time. So I said, I says to him, I go, "Are you doing the tournament?" He's like, "Fuck you, yeah, I'm doing the tournament." He's like, "I'm gonna go out and get a poor beagle." <laughs> I'm like, "Oh, you're just gonna go out and get a poor beagle? Son of a bitch, went out and got a poor beagle yeah. and won the tournament." <laughs> yeah, he's he's a great guy. You know, he he's, is he's been super so busy, nice. and he, you know, big part of it for him is he just loves to loves to shark fish. You know, he believes in it and gets getting out there with his family. He's super busy, and that's. You know, he's got a big, beautiful 38 flowers, and that's beautiful one, one of the one of the first time. You know, he, he doesn't get out that much, and that's, that's he looks forward to that that tournament every I, year. I know when I when I saw him down there because I didn't know his boat. I just went to Bridge Marina last year, and I see him walking out. Larry, what's going on? That's my boat right there. I'm like, and I know he's really into shark fishing. And the only other people I know that are really into shark fishing are Fal- is me and Fallon. Yeah. Like no one else really does it. We've grew up on it, so we I want to get out there with him and kind of see like his take on it, what he does. What I do and just learn something new and you know like you said though just getting time would be fantastic but yeah, that thing it, that, that that thing is a great shark fishing vessel you know what it looks just like my boat it does look <laughs> a lot like your boat same color you know same it, it, same windows you kind of designed it for my boat I believe but, you know. did he get your you got yours first yeah of course yeah, I did the hog time <laughs> <laughs> oh man so what's the what's the day in the day in the life of uh, the harbor master like though like what's what's the day to day for you wake up season? at noon yeah yeah, yeah <laughs> sleep in you know no it, it never ends you know it's it's a unique position especially here in Newburyport you know the number one question so what do you do in the winter time you know so mm-hmm. it's it's extremely busy you know that's where you go for your grants that's where you do your training that's where you know so like you know we got the big dredge project going on now we got the bulkhead project going on now I'm working with DOT on the Gillis Bridge, you know, so there's, it's just, you know, basically it's like, like being a farmer, you know, you have to plan everything so the season goes smooth. You know, we got a uh, brand new safe boat that we got. I got a big grant for that, you know, that'll be coming in in the fall. So it's, you know, it's, it's extreme. It never ends. You know, you don't just go home at night and that's it. Your phone's always ringing. You know, my, my cell phone's out everywhere. You know, as you guys know, you can call me anytime with questions and I just know so many people and I just, you know, it's just, it never ends. Yeah, yeah, just a master delegator, right? Yeah, you know, yeah. so, yeah, you're the manager, you know, and you got to keep everything going smooth, and you deal with the commercial fishermen to the, you know, the boaters coming in on the docks. Uh, you know, I, I run Plum Island, the lifeguards, the beach, the pl- the parking lots, Cashman Park, the transient boats. You know, I have 48 employees, mm-hmm. all part-time. 
Wow. So wow. I'm, the only, I'm the only full-time guy, you know, and then I have an office supervisor, you know, so we register, you know, register all the boats. We have to make sure the boats are running. We deal with the Coast Guard, environmental police, the police, the fire, you know, so there's really not much that I don't deal with. It's just never ending. Wow. Now, you mentioned the uh, the dredging project. Is that is that the South Jetty situation? Is yeah, that- so that's a whole other story. So the Federal Channel, as you guys know, is on the southern side, you know, so we actually did a side dredge. And the, the city of Newport and Salisbury combined, we, we did all the paperwork and all the permitting to have that area on the on the Salisbury jetty area where it shows up to four feet. Yep. So we're paying for that on our own. Um, you know, we had to do that separate from the from the federal dredge. Uh, so that actually finally just just went out to bid. You know, so we're hoping to get some bids on that. We put it out to bid last year, and it came in twice as much as what we thought. You know, so it's wow. Very important to do that. Not only, in my opinion, is to do it, is to to maintain it, to keep up with it. Of you course. Know? So, so for the folks that are listening that might not understand, you know, what this pro- what this project does and gets accomplished, can you explain that a little bit? Uh, sure. You know, so we have we have to work with the Army Corps. You know, you have the Federal Channel, which is the 15 foot channel, which is out in between the jetties, and a, a big part of it is the sand. You know, mm-hmm. so a lot of a lot of the the Plum Island folks and the Salisbury folks want the sand on the beach, you know, to help with with some of the erosion because that's obviously a big issue. Um, you know, so we we finally did all the work. We have we have it going out to bid now, so we're hoping to get some some bids back. You know, and, and hopefully have it done in the fall. Hey, Paul, just real quick, just easy on the tapping on the table. It's just picking it up. So, okay. yeah. all right. Just calm yourself, would you? <laughs> <laughs> so, geez, with all this time, uh, where do you get the time to go tuna fishing? When I used to go into the uh, to the bait shop, I used to see pictures of young Paul and young Mike up there with tunas hanging. Yeah. How I'm do you l- get out there? I'm lucky to get out a couple times a year now, you know, maybe a half a dozen times. You know, it's just, it's just you know, there's only so much time in the day. Right. You know. How about your boys? Do the boys go out fishing at all? They're just starting to get into it. You know, Jacob's doing really well. He's... Going to Quinnipiac. Yeah. Yeah, so he's uh, going to be a senior this year. He just got wow. back from Spain today, showing me all the pictures. And, you know, I'm like, I want to come back and be you. <laughs> <laughs> if we could new- no, that's awesome. No, if we go back and know what we know now, right? Yeah. One no, of those deals. Yeah, he's doing really well. He's actually going to be working over at the Brook, over in uh, Seabrook. Oh, know, yeah. yeah. What's he doing there? He's doing all the marketing. Yeah, he's doing the marketing and the financials for them. And, you know, unfortunately, they're going to say, oh, we might have to send him out to Vegas. So we're oh. going to be going back and forth. And, you know, as you know, my father-in-law is involved with racehorses, thoroughbred racehorses. Oh, is so, he? Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. 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 So he's um, going to be involved with that and, you know, going back and forth. He's, he's doing really well. Yeah. Yeah, he's a good kid. I, I was fortunate enough to have him when I was teaching in Newburyport. He wasn't on my team. I had your other son. I had Luke. <laughs> oh, I was fortunate. We're not just kidding. <laughs> I love Luke, but no, they're great kids, man. You did a good job. Actually, I, I got to tell this story. It's really funny. <laughs> so my first day teaching in Newburyport, I was coming over from Haverhill, and uh, and you know, you guys heard Mike uh, Mike Hogg on the radio the other day. So Paul's his brother, obviously, and they owned the bait shop together back then. And then, uh, so I'm standing outside of like my first day of school in Newburyport, uh, kind of nervous. And this kid comes up to me. He goes, "Hey." Heard you suck at fishing. And I knew the way he smiled, I knew it was your kid. And I said immediately, I go, Well, it's because my bait sucks. <laughs> and I'm like, and then he's like, Oh, got him. Good. <laughs> Displaying dominance right off the bat. Nope. I can't, he came back to me first thing the next morning. He goes, Hey, my dad said you're not supposed to eat it. <laughs> <laughs> he got me, that son of a bitch. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> 
All right, so being the harbor master, crazy, crazy amount of hours go into it. You're always getting calls. You're always being bothered. Like, how do you, how are you finding the time to run a bait shop and a charter business as well? Well, you have other people, you know. So I have mm-hmm. other captains that you know obviously run the charters. You know, my father's over the bait shop. You know, so it's the number one job is the harbor master. You know, so it's extremely busy. You know, delegating. That's that's the key. Yeah, you know, it's just making sure the right people are doing the right things and put them in the right places. Yep. How many how many harbor masters are working for you on the water throughout the summer? Like how many? Eighteen. There's eighteen. There's that many. Yeah. Huh? So, like I said, they're all part time. Yeah. You know, so they they come from all walks of the world, and you know, they all have different talents, and it's it's great. You know, we have a great team. You know, so it's it's a good group of guys. They're very friendly. Very friendly group of people on the river on on the Newburyport side. That's that's what we're shooting for. You know, it's. It's more of being, you know, firefighters versus police. You know, it, it's more of helping, educating. You know, it's it's a busy area. You know, the number one thing is we don't want to be out writing tickets. We just, but at the end of the day, we have to enforce. We have to manage. We have to, you know, keep everybody in check. And you know, you're getting it from all angles. You what, know? Is, what is the number one ticket that you write? No wake zone. Uh, the waterways permits. Oh yeah, the, the unfair tax of yeah. the waterways permit. Yeah, yeah, that <laughs> yeah. one. What's the what's the fine on that? I don't even know. It's actually it's it's, it's a hundred dollars per day. Per you know? day, yeah. So it, what we try to do is just you know most of the people that don't get them just don't know. Yeah. You know? So we yeah, educate people. So. We'll just say hey, you know, just make sure you get this. It's a, it's a it's a permit that you know you, yeah. have to, you have to have. And we work with the marinas. So actually, I mean, it, it, people have gotten a lot better. I actually got to get my Salisbury one. Thanks for reminding me. Yeah. <laughs> uh, <laughs> and then the no wake, you know. So that's you know that would probably. But, but honestly, we we try not to write. If yeah. in a perfect world, I wouldn't write one ticket. You yeah. know, it's just about. But if you you know you just have to warn people. But you have a lot of repeat offenders. You know, it's it's yeah. You know, well, that's the thing. The repeaters. Know, they just you know. So it's. We don't want to be writing tickets. How would your guys handle this situation? This is a true story. A couple of years ago, I did a trip in the morning. It was an afternoon Sunday. Sounds like my interview. Like in August, right? No, no. So, like, wh- how would you, as a harbor master, handle this situation? So, I went fishing in the morning. My parents were at the dock. I'm like, oh, we're going to go for a ride down to uh, Salem. You want to go to the Salem Willows? I'm like, yeah, I never been, you know? So, we hop on the boat and we go down there. And as we're in the harbor, uh, you know, my dad, I don't think I'd ever really been there before. And he gets pulled over for going through a no wake pretty quick. He just didn't see it. So the harbor master pulls us over. He's like 100 years old. Like, seriously, like he was old. And uh, my father was just like, I didn't see it. He goes, oh, shit. Blah, blah, blah. He's freaking out because, you know, my father, he doesn't want to spend a dime. I do know your father. Yeah. So. The guy pulls over, my dad gives him his license and everything, and the guy goes to give the license back and drops it right in the water. He dropped my dad's license in the water. My dad's just like, so you're going to tear up that ticket? <laughs> like, yep. <laughs> Sorry about that. Yeah. So, yes, I would tear up the ticket. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But so, I couldn't believe it. I was dying laughing. There's been a lot of debate on social media about no wakes in the river, and uh you know, it seems like everyone's try like flies through the. Um, oh, we got some cars going by. Yeah, no kidding, Jesus. Momos, no report, momos. What are we in the Bronx? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when you when you're heading up river, right, and like you're in between two bridges, is that technically a no wake zone, or is that? It something? is. It is. Yep. Yeah, because so many times you see boats just ripping through there, and they come under the chain bridge, and they'll come all the way through to the uh, the the buoy that's there. Yep. You know. Yeah, we have no wake buoys up there. Plus, there's docks. You know, yep. so obviously, if you have docks and boats tied up, it's no wake. You know, people get antsy up there, and actually, 
that's that's one of the strongest currents in the river yeah that location because oh, it's like a little funnel yeah, yeah it's, it's very be. dangerous it's like whitewater rafting under there um you know but yes it is you know it's no wake up all the way through there okay well it's good to know that's some good clarity for people that yeah you know it's otherwise. it's it's the constant you know no wake you know it's definitely like you said the social media thing and then like the mouth of the river you know you get the guys fishing and people drifting and then the big boats come in they try to come in and then there's a big wake and it's just it's it's always going on you know it's oh yeah it's a never-ending battle there right at the end of the day like everyone says you know you're responsible for your wake you know use use your judgment you know but but technically yes it is no wake don't anchor in the mouth (laughs) yes you're not supposed to is that true Unless you're in danger. You Unless know, you're in danger. Yeah, obviously, if there's something mechanically going on, yeah. you know, we get people, we get calls all the time. The mouth of the river is is constant, you know, because let's face it, it's a great fishing spot, you know, if everyone's, but also people need to be able to get in and get out, mm-hmm. you know, so, but as far as anchoring, you know, we have a lot of issues out there. So, you know, we have people that break down all the time. So we tell them to anchor, obviously. Obviously, in that yeah. situation. Yeah. Yeah. But like, so if you see a guy anchored in the middle of the mouth, are you guys going up to him and say, "Hey, pull your anchor if you're if you're yep. okay"? We do. Yeah, we yeah. just say, you know, is everything okay? You guys in distress? You know, just so you know, you know, let's keep things moving along here because it's in the channel. I actually oh, imagine not having a windlass and trying to pull the anchor up on the tides. Oh. Going well, the, the worst is when they anchor stern too. Oh, you know? oh God. and what they do, oh. they don't know, yeah. and they'll be overloaded on boats. And you know, if I've had situations out there, I'm like. Ugh. Man. So when I was working on the party boats, we're doing the drift. We're on the captain's lady, right? And I'm down on deck. We're about to reset our drift. And I hear Bob Bishop go on the radio. I'm dying to get Bob on here one day. He never will. But I would love to get him on here. And he goes, um, I hear in the radio, hey, Chris, come on up here. I'm like, all right, what's going on? I'm like, hey, what's up? He goes, I want to show you something, right? He goes, see that little 14-foot aluminum boat? I go, yeah. He goes, he just threw his anchor from his stern. And I look over, and he's tying up to the stern. He goes, he's going to flip in yeah. three, two, one. Sure as shit. Took that quick. Yeah. But bobbed over. Boom. Flipped over. He just grabs the microphone. He goes, ah, Coast Guard, we got a 14-foot. Yeah. And they were right there, and they zipped over and got him. But it was just so, like, matter of fact. He's going to flip over in three, two, one. Called. Because we know. Oh, yeah. When you're out there every day. It's fucking wild out there sometimes. <laughs> it is. You know, a lot of the guys from the Coast Guard, they, they can't wait to be stationed here. Really? Yeah, you guys seen the training videos oh, like, yeah, online. Great. Yeah, just for the training alone, yeah. it looks like they have a Good group of guys, them. you know what I mean? So it's, you know, there's going to be a huge transition coming up. There's going to be roughly one gentleman that's that's going to be staying That's that's been here for the past two years. It's mm-hmm. a huge transition. You know, these guys come from all over. Yeah. You know, so they rely on us a lot, you know, because they, they don't know the local knowledge. Correct. And how long, if you know this, I don't know if you know this, how long do they normally stay? Just two for like years. A, two years? Roughly, it's a two-year And then two and they go somewhere else? Yep. Yeah. Yep. You know, a lot of them, you know, a lot of them retire, a lot of them move on, a lot of them, you know, go f- from one place to another. But they, this is a surf station, birthplace of the Coast Guard, Coast Guard yeah. City. You know, they, they want to be in Station Merrimack. Speaking of that, where I was with my trip today, we were kind of tight to the sandbar on Plum Island, and you could see the old Coast Guard yep. station, and that wasn't there a couple of years ago. Yep. So the that erosion. was all buried under sand. Yep. And um, we were going out haddock fishing. I think it was last year. And I'm like, what the hell are those rocks on the beach? They look square, you know? We were coming around the seven can, and I'm like, I don't know what those are. It looks like, I'm like, it looks like a foundation. Yep. And... Um, Sure as hell, I, I saw something in the newspaper, in the Daily News, like a couple of weeks later. It was the old Coast Guard station. That's yep. insane. Yep. 
So. Yeah, that's where they used to launch from. Was that the first one ever in yeah. the in the country? Birthplace of the Coast Guard. What year? Oh, jeez. Oh, worst harbor master ever. <laughs> I'm a harbor master. I'm a coast guy. He's a historian too. <laughs> I didn't know at one point. <laughs> so, all right. Any other any other uh, harbor master stuff you want to talk about? Anything? Oh, there's there's plenty of stuff. I mean, you got uh, you got your notes there. I like it. <laughs> <laughs> well, I mean, you guys kind of cover the dredge, you know. So that's that's a big thing, you know. That's a big thing for me. That's why I was doing the side dredge. Yeah, know, that was a lot of work. A lot of permitting that we have to do on our own. So when you say a side dredge, is that like the style of dredging? or That means like, what do you that, mean? that we're completely separate from the Army Corps. So gotcha. we're rolling in with the Army Corps bid, yeah. but we had to do all, all our own permitting. Okay. You know, So basically, you know, we had to do it all on ourselves. So we have all the information ready to go. Then when they send out the bid to the Army Corps, whichever company takes a bid, we give them the information on, on the little side dredge, and then mm-hmm. we pay for it separate. It's only ended up being like 570 cubic yards of okay. sand. Oh, really? Compared to the overall project. You know? yeah. so, but it was that important to me. You know, yeah. Because as, as, you, as you know... Dude, it's stacking up there That shoal good. spot on the Salisbury side, you know, it had to get done. And, and, and truth be told, you know, down the road, I'm actually trying to change the whole federal channel. I'm actually trying to do it from jetty to jetty. For the it, whole way. Because yeah. if you look on the charts, it's only the 15-foot channel, Correct. which is on the south side. Local knowledge. Which local knowledge? Everyone hunts do. the North Jenny and bangs the So left. I had to explain that to everybody. You know, it sounds mm-hmm. it sounds simple for you and I and, you know, all the local charter captains. We just do it. You know, you mm-hmm. don't want to be going up the south side because you know what will happen. Yeah, you're going to be in big waves for about half a mile. Yep, oh, yeah, but that's where the federal channel technically is. Yep. And that's how the Army Corps looks at it. And that's what they dredge. You know, so, and, and also if you notice too... What's on the end of each jetty? Markers now. Markers now. Right? Yeah, the I south added, one didn't have it before. What happened to the five? I got rid of that on the south side. Good, because that thing was always in the way of my well, drift. Well, Whenever I, I wanted to drift it just for you. Side. Thank you. I knew <laughs> it. I wrote that petition. It was, it was always underwater, you know, and it was, it was <laughs> very, very dangerous. Next thing you know, you turn around, it's right there. I was fishing with Pat McMara once, and on his boat, I think it was my first time ever fishing with them on his old Arima. Yeah. Yeah. We smoked that. We smoked that. I'm like, dude, we're going to hit that buoy. He's like, hang on. I'm getting a nibble. I'm like, you're not getting a nibble. A nibble. Let's just boom. <laughs> yeah. So now it's gone. And then we did it again in the next drift. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, the moral of the story, I mean, so we have to, you know, my, my goal is, is to make Jetty to Jetty the channel, maintenance dredge, keep up with it, not just do it, mm-hmm. you know, not just do it for the sand. Do it for the fishermen. Do it for the you know the safety of the mariners and 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 keep up with it like we did years ago. Yeah, that that south side. The other day we were out there and I can't. Yeah, it was probably close to low, um, and it was like three feet, yeah. like right next to the buoy, next to the three can. Yeah, it's shallow. Yeah, it's shallow. You know, and we're getting busier and busier with the bigger boats, and mm-hmm. you know, it's just you know this. It's a destination now. You know, it should be. It's a great downtown. It's a great boating community. Yeah. But people get a little spooked, you know. The Merrimack. The current, oh, the, the Merrimack. Oh, you know, yeah. I love, somebody posted on the whole truth, like, the mouth of the Merrimack, how bad is it? And it was like 20 comments of like, don't ever go. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, come on. Yeah, that was one of the one of the things that they said when I was trying to build my building was, it was oh, you know, you're trying to build this beautiful facility and, you know, why you want people to come here through the mouth of the river and it's so dangerous and this and that. But, I mean, it's not bad. Yeah, it's, most it's, most days it's it's not bad at yeah. all. You know, it has you just have days. to pay attention. Yeah, you got to be smart about it. Yeah. But the one thing I know learned about the mouth of the Merrimack is you really learn, one like you obviously have to have a certain amount of skill to navigate through in and out. But um, you learn what your boat is actually capable of. That's and a good you, point. If you do things the yep. right way 
uh, there's really nothing to be worried about. I mean, it was like four or five foot swells when I was getting out the other day in my 21 foot boat. And it was like it was nothing. Just, right. you know, just made it happen. Yeah, you just got to kind of play your speed, play your trim, you know, keep your eyes open, you know, make sure you're not going to hit anybody. The um, wind, the tide, yeah. the moon tides. Moon tides play a big effect. Moon tides, outgoing, uh, northeast wind, outgoing. Nope, you're not yep. going out, bud. Yep. And I'm not even really worried so much half the time about getting out. Like, I feel like I'm willing to go out in a lot of stuff. It's getting back in. Right. That's the bitch. It's getting back in when that's pushing your stern side two. And, you know, even if you're coming back in that North Jetty, you're going to have that one or two crusty wave. And you don't want to make sure you're not bow steer, uh, stern steering, you know, right. lifting you up. That can be very sketchy. It's not a good feeling. Yeah. That's the one that always, like, if there's one time on the boat when I'm just like, it's it's sometimes going through the mouth of that following sea behind you. And you've been doing it forever. And still. Forever. And I've been doing it forever. And, you know, harbor master wise, charter captain wise, just, you know, going up my own and still you have to respect it you have all, to and all you know the time. you know what if you don't feel comfortable doing it and you're unsure just hang in the river just hang in the river no no use wasting a life over we we had a call one time and, and i'll never ever forget it when you know i went out there and you know i'll admit it we it was rougher than it should have been for the boat you know and we ended up going back to hampton we stayed in hampton for no the night we brought kidding. all the boats myself the fire boat I said, you know what, guys, it's 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 unsafe. Let's go back to Hampton. We we pulled in Hampton for the night and stayed there. It was that bad. I've waited outside the North Jetty for an hour and a half before. Yep. You know, just don't I, try I, to be macho, man. I mean, because you you know, just look at it and you go, yeah, this this isn't good. It take and how fast it could happen too. It's literally a second. And you're fucked. Snap of a finger, and I, you know, ch- charter boat guys, commercial fishermen who've been fishing this for years. Everyone, there hasn't been a time that you haven't gone through there and were like, whoa. Oh yeah, it definitely happens. Yeah, yeah, because when you're in there and you're committed to it, you, that's just it. You got to stay committed to it. It's not. Yep. There's no no backing out. <laughs> I love taking charters in there like for their first drift and they've never done it before i'm not gonna lie believe it or not i'm kind of like the opposite of most people do so i'll start if i'm drifting the mouth with with people new people especially i'll start way inside and just get them used to the rods and the reels and the bumping and i'll kind of just put them with the worst first i'll put them, i'll shoot right down the middle for a long drift and just beat the hell out of them and be like all right that's as bad as it's gonna get now that you guys know how to go all right and the worst part is that's where the fish are yeah, yeah. Yeah, the shittier it is, it's yeah. you know it could be calm all the way to the yeah. end of the jetties, and then all of a sudden you get that first big crest, and they're right just hanging the right the jetty. They're yep. sitting right there waiting. Yep. And then you know sometimes my boat, I hate it. If I'm fishing the North Jetty, I never really get to go all the way out throughout the drift, especially if there's a south wind. I don't know what it's about. My pocket and my boat now. Maybe it's because I got the big windshield, but I just get caught and I hook around the jetty. It drives me nuts. Uh, so <laughs> there was that one time we were out there, Chris and your Parker. I think it was the parker and it wasn't the sea hunt and then uh it was just me you and the coast guard yeah <laughs> and then when we hit when as soon as we passed the north jetty we were both we were double hooked up and a wave curled right into the boat like it just crashed right into the boat and like oh it's a good thing this thing drains quickly <laughs> yeah we're right yeah. there we had, we had a we had an angel guardian angel and the coast guard was looking after us so yeah. <laughs> do you think it'd be oh god imagine how cool it'd be if you can go on one of those uh training rides in the winter with them like you're just like hey can i can i hop on yeah, this one i don't ne- think that's that. never gonna happen though obviously yeah. you, gotta, you gotta know people yeah. <laughs> maybe those people like the harbor master i do i'm sure there's some people you like to send on that boat with them <laughs> so those big red that big rescue boat how many people are on that boat from the coast guard generally five or six five or six yeah okay yeah and, and i've been on it with them before you know mm-hmm. and i've been out with them with the, when the helos are coming and stuff like i mean it's 
It's crazy. It's crazy yeah. training. These, these guys, I mean, you get hats off to them. There's some of the boat best boat handlers in the country. Oh yeah. You know? I mean, they. This is what they like. I said, this is what they live for. You know, and, but they also don't forget they have the boats designed for you know surf for the surf. Yep. You know, so it's this is what they're designed to do. You yep. know, that's what they're trained for. This is what they do. You know, they go up to roughly fifteen to eighteen foot waves. You know, you guys have seen the videos. I mean, it's, oh yeah. Yeah, and it's crazy. You see the boat at like a fifty-five degree pitch, just like yeah. Like yeah. Gonna and this is what, over. like I said, you know, that's what they're designed to do. You know what I mean? So they're they're some of the the best boat operators in the, in the world. Wow. Yep. And then, and like I said, they for them to come here, it's like you know, this is what they that they want to come to Station Merrimack. Yeah. It's, it's, I totally would want to go to like Hawaii or something yeah. like that. Yeah. <laughs> Cali, Texas, Florida. Yeah, but you know, a, a lot of the a lot of the surfmen. This is where they want to be. This is the, you know, this is what's talked about throughout the world. You know, and it's it's like we said, it's no joke. Right. Don't pay attention. Um, all right, let's can we shift gears a little bit? You're the boss. Or do you have more? Do you have more Howard Mathis stuff? <laughs> this is your show. I'm just here to answer questions. No, <laughs> no, I, I got your list there. I want to make sure I'm not screwing you over. No, I, th- I think we talked about the dredge um, as far as the Gillis Bridge. You yeah. Know, um, you know, so we're working on that right now. I've been working with uh, SPS and DOT, so they're hoping to have that operational by this weekend. Oh, it's still still not working. Still not working. No, no, no I mean, you know that that bridge is in need of desperate repair. You know, so there there's boats stuck on both sides. You know, we have them on Oof. our on the transient dock sailboats trying to get through. Um, you know, so we're just we're just kind of hanging right now. They're hoping to have it open by this weekend. So least. that's that wouldn't even be state money. Is it state money that would replace that bridge, or is it DOT? Yeah, yeah. Okay, the state. All right. Yeah. So I'm assuming they'll be getting money from the uh, from the infrastructure bill, right? Yeah, that's what they're hoping. Like and this ARPA money, yeah. you know, so that's what the the money is for for infrastructure. You know, so I mean, you know, maybe down the road there may be time to complete replacement. Yeah. You know, instead of just duct tape duct taping well, that, all the time. That will be inconvenient, huh? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but I mean I mean, as you guys know, I mean that, that bridge is always I mean, I can't tell you how many times it gets stuck open. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's just it's time to take care of it. I don't it. think I've ever seen it open. Yeah. Ever. Yeah, I was talking yeah. to a bridge worker and uh he was and I was like, What do you do for work? And he's like, I patch and pray. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, What do you mean? And he's like, Patch and pray. He's like, You patch and you pray the bridge doesn't fall over. <laughs> Yeah, Jesus. And that's actually what they call it, patch and pray. Yep. Yep. Do they uh I saw you guys anchored up uh the other day outside the Route 1 bridge and uh is that fixed now? Is that ready to go? The Route 1 bridge was no. not opening. No, that's no. the yeah, yeah, that's the, the Gillis, Gillis bridge. Oh, that is the Gillis. Yeah, yeah that's oh, I thought the Gillis was the chain bridge. No. Like you know how there's two there? Right. Yeah, you got the chain slash Hines. Hines, yeah. yeah. Then they got the Whittier, which okay. is the one that was the the Obama bridge. You gotcha. Know, that was three hundred million dollars. You know, so that was replacement. That was a big project. Yeah. Um, you know, just got to take care of the infrastructure. But yeah, that's that's the, the Gillis is the one we were just talking about. So okay. you must have a ton of sailboats on the dock right now, the public dock. No. Oh, uh, we got three. No, oh, okay, yeah, roughly three. Just trying to get through to the other side. Yeah. You know? But you know, like it calls all the time. What's going on? What's happening? You know. So we're just just trying to get it get it fixed as soon as possible. You know? Yeah, and you have nothing to do with fixing it, but you're just directing the traffic. Well, you got to answer all the questions of people. When's the bridge going to be yeah. like, When's the bridge? Yeah, because yeah, yeah. you know p- people want to know, and, yep. and I don't blame the people them. need to know. Yeah, and, yeah. I don't, and I don't blame them. You know, so you know, so basically, it's just kind of that they hope they're actually. When I came here tonight, they were uh, actually working on the bridge land side. You know, so okay. they, you know, so they're trying to 
it's it's on their number one radar to try to get that thing operational. Yeah. So yeah. hopefully by the end of the week or yeah. next week, you said right. Yeah, hopefully for the weekend is what yeah. what we're told. You know, so this weekend, as in like two days, as in like this weekend, as in Memorial Day weekend, <laughs> the big weekend, the start of the season, the start of the fish bingo tournament. The, yes. <laughs> yes. Yes. dot com. If anybody's interested, ten bucks to enter a tournament, fish bingo, starting this weekend. <laughs> well, you guys are probably going to listen to this on Sunday, so yeah. <laughs> it started yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> that going good for you guys? Yeah, man. We had a lot of people interested. I think we sold about like uh, like 80-something cards right now. Wow. Yeah, so there's a lot of people involved. And uh, if you're a mouse with the Merrimack, remember, you get uh, you pay for one, you get one free. So you can get as many as you want. It's going to be fun. I can't wait. Yep, I can't absolutely. wait to see who wins. I can't wait to see how long it takes. Like, I wonder if it's going to take somebody all summer or... Somebody's just going to be a ninja and get get a good card and get everything they need in a couple weeks. So That's usually how it works. Yeah, yeah. I don't know. I don't know, because it's fresh and salt water. You know, you gotta kind of, you gotta kind of be a dude. You gotta kind of yeah. go out there and catch all these different fish. That's a good strategy. It's not like these old boring shark and tuna tournaments. Ugh. Oh yeah, yeah. Because they're so easy. It's so, so, so easy, easy to put together. And, uh, yeah. Actually, can you actually talk about how you started that and like how it's grown over the years? Sure. That that was a fun tournament. That was the big first big tournament that we had here for for big game fishing we had a lot of local striper tournaments those kind of went by the wayside and now we got the shark and tuna tournament this is going to be your how many years you've been doing it now nine yeah so i actually i can tell you exactly how it started so the mayor approached me and said it's the city's 250th celebration for the birthday of the, you know the city of new report and you know uh donna holiday was the mayor at the time said you know i want to do something for the city and you know what do you think i said you know, what do you think about a tuna tournament, shark tournament? She says, do it. Nice. So I kind of just, you know, we I helped put it together for the first year, and, you know, it took off. And then, you know, after it was done, I was like, oh, my God, this was so great. The city needed this. You know, it was a good benefit. You know, you had the Maritime Museum, you know, which is which is basically, you know, they, they rely on donations, and we mm-hmm. had the tent set up there. The docks were full. We had people coming from all over, you know, so it just it just grew from there. You know, and then people like the city needed this, this area needed this, you know, so. Yeah, it was a lot of fun. Do you get, um? so I know most of the local guys that do it, and I see some boats coming from like Gloucester and York. I feel like there was a few, yep. Hampton. Yep. What's the farthest that you know of that somebody has traveled to fish this tournament? Florida. Get out. Yeah. Get out. Yep. Somebody brought a boat from Florida. Yeah, there was a uh, 50, almost a 60-foot Viking. Oh, that oh. came down, yeah, and he fishing in luxury, yeah, right? yeah. And, you know, he showed up, and everyone's like, you know, who's this? Look at this boat, you know. And he, he just, they just love fishing tournaments. People go, yep. they don't care what it is; they just want to fish tournaments, be part of the cause, you know. So it was, uh, you know, it was, it's a good thing. You know, the one thing that we we do, you know, hard part for the tournament is the shark division. You know, you have the mm-hmm. people, the shark people, that say, you know, I don't think you should be killing sharks and this and that. You know, that's that's just one one. Well, you guys had a very high minimum for any shark that you were going to bring exactly. in. Exactly. Like, you have your minimum shark. So, say, like, at the time, it was 54 inches pretty much for any shark. But you said Mako's had to be, like, 80 right. inches. And, right. And Thresher's, I think, we were a little more lenient. But Blue Shark's had a way, when you first started, like, 300, 350 yeah. pounds. Now you think you have it up to four. Yeah, we don't even have Blue Sharks. You don't even have Blue the, Sharks yeah, anymore. We, it's all edible sharks. Yeah, you, know, you don't and, want to kill them. You know, no. You know, and a big part of it is... As people don't realize, you know, you know how it is. What do, mm-hmm. what do you have to do to get your shark permit? You have to take a test. Take a test. Yep. Take a test. Circle hooks. Identify the sharks. You know, stuff like that. And and a big part of NOAA and you know from the marine fisheries is, 
a lot of the data collected from the tournaments they don't get anywhere else yeah. you know it's us, it's us fishermen tagging them mm-hmm. giving them the information you know uh, Larry who ended up catching the winning shark last year actually sent you know the backbone to marine fisheries and they were able to study the DNA and you mm-hmm. know stuff that they can't normally get from fatalities and the, and the complete shark was eaten yep all within regulation you know and and I can tell you I mean as fishermen we care more than anybody, you know, about, you know, making sure it's done right, you know, and, and it's not just going out there and killing the sharks just to nope. kill them. And, you know, the, the problem is overseas and, you know, and all this stuff. But it, that's a that's a battle for another I, day. I think for the most part, the people that are fishing in tournaments like this and like really into the fishery and understand it are some of the best conservation mind and best people out there. And then when you get heat from the people who just don't understand it and don't don't like it for whatever reason, when really guys like us are the guys that are out there, you know, making our own rules and to, you know, higher limits, making sure we're not killing right. anything. I mean, even when I did the tournament, um, I think I fished it three times. And um, we probably had a couple blue sharks that we could have brought in. I was like, listen, unless it's like 450 pounds, like, I don't want to kill anything right. like that. Yeah. Well, it's a lot of fuel to get it back to. You get to drag it down. It's, it's, it's work. Yeah. It didn't matter. There was, there was what, money on the line. What's it going like, to look like this year now that uh, we can't keep Mako's? Because you're going to keep the shark division, obviously. The, yeah. So, I mean, the so the tournament now is, is mostly the tuna guys. You yeah. know, a lot, of, a lot of times they hook the sharks, you know, coincidentally or, you know, stuff like that. But it's it's a big big tuna tur- more more tuna guys than, mm-hmm. than anything. You know, and, and especially now with the regulations, certain fishing days, um, you know, you get, you know, they're opening it up now for three fish a day. You know, yeah, they're so, opening up June first. Excuse me, with three a day, right? Yeah, yep. You know, so it's we'll see. You know, it, that's the hardest thing about planning the tournament. You know, I mean, two years ago we had a hurricane come through, and then they shut down the quota. So then it was shark only. You know, so it's just a lot of moving parts of the tournament. But there's also you know guys behind the scenes. You have to hire the tent. You have to hire the you know yeah. the people to do the food. It's a production. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Copador coming back to do the food. They are, yeah, oh, so good. Yeah, they do a great job, you know. And actually, you know, Dan, he actually, he actually helps out. He's one of the guys on the. Didn't one, he win the tuna tournament? La- Did he win the tuna last year? In the year he, before? he won one year, right? Yeah, yeah, one of the categories. But you know, he he's a big part. He you know he believes in the cause, yep. loves to fish. Great lo- guy, great guy. You know, that's that's what this is all about. Yeah, Get, getting the, everyone together. You know, going out and fishing, catching fish, and you yeah, know. you picked up some great sponsors for the tournament. Yeah, like what Smutty Nose and Newbury yep. Brewing Company. Yep. And uh, yeah, yeah, it was awesome. Yeah, that one day that we had to come in a little bit early, we definitely uh, took advantage of the Smutty Nose. Yeah, <laughs> the yeah. Smutty Nose donation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. No report. Brew did it last. You know, so I mean, every, everyone's you know all for it. You know, they 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 see the cause. You know, it's people are going to be fishing anyway. You know, it's good for the city. It's it's good for the you know, Dana Farber. It's good for the local businesses where people come in and spend money. It's good. You know, people the dock space and. It's a good buzz, you know. People come down to the fish pier and the kids and pictures and oh my god, what is that? Yep. You know? Oh, it's so cool when you hang in a tuna or a fish and yeah. just the crowd that gathers. It's yeah, really. Can I touch mean. it? Can I get my picture with it? Yeah. And you explain it to them. You know, marine fisheries was involved. Yeah. I mean, it's all, it's all legit. It's all above board. It's 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 such a it's such such a great tournament. You know. It really is, and the captains' meetings are a blast. I always have a great time. I never want to leave. I never want to go home when I'm. That's there. what we want. Yeah, yeah. So I want a cooler. Yeah. One year, my, my Yeti cooler, I won from that tournament. Yeah. Actually, um, Rick, the guy in the wheelchair, yeah. he won it. 
Yeah. He won it and he was like, Do you want it? I'm like, all right. I think I donated a trip to Crossroads the next year. <laughs> I was so pissed he gave it to Chris. I'm like, what the hell? Well, Dan, because funny. I <laughs> saw him earlier that spring at Crossroads for the first time and I was buying a bunch of lures and he was looking for stuff. I'm like, dude, they were just hitting this yesterday and I gave him a bunch of crippled herrings. And uh, we see him out in the water and wave high and like that's how friendship starts. Yeah, it's definitely definitely good buzz for the city. You know, yeah. It gets a lot of love. And you guys do a good job. It's really smooth, especially with all the uh, challenges you had the last few years. I mean, dealing with the COVID issues, and probably that was probably an issue, right? Dealing oh, 100%. with 100%. Every year it's something. Yeah. You know, weather. hurricanes, weather. We had a boat come in one year, it caught on fire. Oh, I remember that. Oh, the yeah, I remember that. Dog. Yeah, I'll, I'll never yeah. forget that. You know, the, the guy pulled in, he had a tuna to weigh in. He, 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 it was, the boat was smoking, and, you know, thank God it happened at the fish pier. And yeah, not, not I was 30 there miles. when it just started happening. Yeah, and the guy yeah. says, says, Paul, he says, you know, there's something going on with the boat. Can you check it out? And you can see that the smoke's starting to billow from the hatches. And I go, uh-oh. You know, so we got the, the fire department en route immediately. You know, everything was done right there. And actually, to this day, that boat... Is still, you know, they redid the boat and it's still fishing. Oh, good, good for them. Wow, well, that's what we do around here, man. Thing. That's wild. And everybody was safe, you know, but it was just one of those unfortunate things. And the guy said, you know, I know this boat inside and out. I can't believe, you know, but he pulled right up to the fish pier. We still waited in the fish for him. How much the fish weigh? Do you remember? <laughs> yeah, I was like, it didn't. Win. <laughs> it didn't. didn't win. <laughs> well, that's the other thing too. I've noticed as the years have gone on, there's been way more fish coming in to be weighed. You yep. know. I remember the first year you guys ran at that Mako was ridiculous. Yeah. It was like 650 pounds. 650 pounds. Oh, that is a bohemian. The thing was still alive oh, at the dock. Oh, I oh, know. I believe it. They don't they just don't die. Yeah. Oh my god, that thing was the biggest creature I've ever seen. Yeah. Like uh, I saw it in the truck. Yeah. Oh my god, I just couldn't believe it. Yeah, was like, and I'll tell you, I mean there was hundreds and hundreds of people down there to see that and their picture mm-hmm. taken with it and you know, it was it was jaws. Yeah, I think I, got a, I thought I got a chunk of meat out of it. Yeah, yeah, and it, there wasn't one piece of that fish that didn't go uneaten. Well, same thing too. Like a few years ago, we caught a thresher, you know, and it, like it was my first one, and it was definitely like a unicorn fish for me. Yep. And um, so we killed it, and we cut it up, and I threw up a facebook post and everybody came down to the dock and um like harry came down i had harry and uh i don't know one of the other guys maybe donnie was working they came down to the cooler and we gave a bunch of bag of fillets and they gave them out at the shop i was tossing the people on the water the next day and before you knew it we gave some to the pizza delivery driver and before you knew it like 400 pounds of shark was gone and everybody loved it how much fun did you have what catching that shark oh dude it was two hours of it was just amazing. The way it was jumping when we first caught it, it went around my boat, jumping five or six times. And, you know, Dan was supposed to be on that trip. So He's sitting over there smiling. <laughs> I, mean, I bust his balls every time. But the that way makes it, it even better. Jumping oh, around right. the boat and then just There's nothing better down. than when you catch a fish on a day. Well, when, you know what? When, when the guy doesn't show <laughs> up. <laughs> hey, hey, I did not show up. I could. I just couldn't go. It was, yeah. <laughs> Chris will never let me live that down. Goddamn work. Every time he tells a story, he brings it up, and he did again tonight. Thursday, (laughs) July 18th, 2000, whatever it was. (laughs) I literally take, well, I did for a little bit, took the 18th off every year. Like, I wouldn't book a charter for, like, a couple of years. Just yeah. was like a memorial day. That was my day to go play around. It was my good luck day. you got to have your day, you know. Yeah, yeah. So, actually, we just had a good trip tonight. I only had three guys. They've been out there with me before. Oh, uh, 
Steve Demarcus says yeah, hi. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I, I saw. I saw the photo. I was like, oh, he's out there with those guys. Must be a good time. Yeah, I think. I think I might head up Mark's Deli down in Haverhill and get some good Greek food, good breakfast. Boy, yeah. Yeah, it's a Haverhill mainstay, and Steve's a great guy. And so we were talking about food earlier. Good little oh, restaurant yeah. for those of you in the Haverhill area, Mark's Deli downtown. Yeah. yeah, you can actually take your boat from Newburyport up to the public dock and go and get breakfast there or lunch. Yeah, you could. Yeah. You could. Yeah. Yeah, Haverhill's doing a pretty good job with their river projects yeah, down I there. Mean, Haverhill just approved uh, the put three more dock sections in on the public dock too so it's a little bit longer accommodate a few more boats yeah they've been working on that for for a while they're yeah. actually we're talking about getting a boat going from new report to haverhill haverhill to new report yeah i think the, the like guy a tour that was, boat, right? yeah, yeah. The guy that was going from salisbury that goes from salisbury to new report yep his boat's going to be going he, he'll be doing the river tours that's yeah, the so, old coast guard boat right that guy yeah no so it was like the uh, remember the slab it was trying to get the, yeah, the river yeah, tours yeah. going so i actually believe it's harbor tours okay yes. yeah. oh really yeah yes. oh Yep, uh, Aziz, Paul Aziz is the one. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yep. And they're are they going to do like a booze cruise or just like a? I don't know about the booze cruise. I know it's taxi. like a river tour. Yeah. You know, so it's it's good. You know, you get people going from from port to port. Yeah. I mean, I would think most people want to be a newbie port. You know, that would. Be I don't know, man. Like when I start going up river, like through downtown, like Ainsbury, like even like these guys today have been out with me a bunch of times. And, you know, it was like 6.30 at night, the sun, you're up river. We saw a ton of birds flying. Actually, there was like nine or ten turkey vultures, like, over the water. I've never really seen that before. I was like, those eagles? I'm like, no, those are turkey vultures. Big boys. Yeah, they were big, and there was a lot of them. And I just never seen them over, like, circling water. They never dove or anything, you know, but... That was interesting from from tonight, but everyone comments like, "Oh, it's so peaceful and beautiful up here." But even if you keep going, you know, all the way up to Haverhill, it could be a really nice ride for somebody who's just you know doesn't want to fish in the mouth when it's crazy or it's a weekend, just want, wants to get away and do something different. Yeah. Nice and slow, no I, wake. I do a fair <laughs> amount of boating too, just because I have the family and everything, you know. So it's like not always just fishing for me, but the uh, the Loser. weekend the weekend in September. When they do the uh, the river ruckus up in Haverhill, like that was a blast. You know, they, they the the dock right now could probably hold like ten boats, and there was like thirty boats. No just kidding. All, all rafted up and tied together. We had a day. It was great. I gotta start figuring out having a little kind of different fun on my boat, but I can't do it, dude. I can't do yeah, it. I, I just know. think about fishing the whole time. I know. I that totally understand. Way. Yeah. What's your favorite part about the tournament? Because that's a lot of work too. I mean, just from us like running the flea market and you know seminars and stuff like that, it's a pain doing uh, all that stuff behind the scenes. It's like I said, it's a big buzz for the city. Yeah. yeah. So just seeing the boats come in, the guys all excited, checking yeah. in. You know, who's just got this? Crew. Who's got that? You know, it's a great group of guys. You know, everyone's in it to just be part of the cause. You yeah. know, and it's it's like I said, I'm just a volunteer. I help on the board. You know, I, I get more involved than I probably should. Yeah. But it. Like I said, I mean, everybody wants to know when I'm, you know, at the weigh station. I'm at my office. I'm watching the boats come in. So, yeah. I mean, it's just it's just people just love, you know, just being part of the city. You know? I love when I, like, I dock my boat. We clean the boat from the tournament and just walk in the, um, through downtown Newburyport, like the, uh, on the, the city dock, I guess. Yeah. And just seeing all the boats from different areas transiting. And they got these big boats. You got all the big tuna reels and stuff like that. They all got their own little party on their boat. The it's buzz. a great time, man. Yeah, it's just a big buzz for the city. You know? You're everybody's best friend. You can talk to anybody and they're all excited to talk you to you. You have something in common. Yeah. You know? It's a small world. There's a lot of people, but it's a small world we live in. Yep. That's for sure. Yeah. Oh, man. All right. So now the big news. Shellfish constable, what are you, what are you doing? 
<laughs> so what do you want to know? <laughs> uh, everything, because I didn't even know it existed. Yeah, just describe the job of the Newburyport Shellfish Constable. Well, so l- luckily, because you know the water has cleaned up a bit, so that now that people can actually dig for clams, you know, mm-hmm. but it is considered contaminated. So all the clams that we dig have to go down a plumbile into the plant, you know, get get purified, and then they can go out for you know for food. So it's I got to monitor all that. I gotta How do you purify a clam? So basically, you bring it down to Plum Island. They have tanks, and they have the the pipes that go out into the ocean side, so mm-hmm. it gets the fresh the the ocean water versus the river water, yeah. all with the CSO activations and all that stuff. So basically, the, the scientists test the water, and when the clam gets to a certain level, it can go out for food grade. There you go. Yeah. So and then the rest go to your bait shop. <laughs> so, does, so does someone that gets a clam digging permit, like, what's the cost of that to like bring you know? So it's a hundred dollars, and they have to dig under a master digger. Yep. You know, they have to be bonded and certified. And okay. like I said, there's a whole process because it's food, you know, yeah. so they want to make sure that, you know, that the, the, the clams are being processed properly, you know, so that's where the shellfish constable comes into play. Wow. So the, the $100 that they're paying, that, that includes, like, them purifying the clams? That's the permit, yeah. Then okay. they, you know, then they, they give them to the, the master digger who has to be bonded and insured through the state and oh, also gotcha. through the city, okay, you know, it. just to make sure it has to be a refrigerated truck, you yeah. know. So it's almost like the stripers, you know, the commercial yeah. stripers. You can't just get them and they need to be properly taken care of because it's food grade. Oh, they do? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> they, uh, yes, they do. <laughs> <laughs> How many people do we have clamming around here? <laughs> so when we first started, there was about 25 permits. Yeah, now, now we're down about a half a dozen. You know, so it's crazy how something. Sorry, I'm still laughing about that. <laughs> it's crazy how something like clamming is kind of like. Whenever I thought of clamming, it was always old guys doing it. You know what I mean? And then that just kind of hasn't really passed on. It almost feels like the same way with shad fishing. We were talking to Eric Roach, like he was talking about back in the day, there'd be a hundred people out there, and now that number is kind of dwindling. You don't see a lot of young guys, young people doing it. Nope. So, well, it's a, like when I first took the job, everyone's like, oh, I expected this guy with a white beard. And you're, you're the harbor master? Like, I expected this old guy. You know? Well, it's not like you just woke up out of bed and became a harbor master. I mean, right. you know, actually talk to us. How did you become the harbor master? What did you do before? Give us a little backstory, so, Mr. So, Hogg here. So, I feel like I'm getting interviewed here. So, you know. <laughs> so, you know, I mean, basically, I was an assistant for a while. So, you know, I, was a, I went through the police academy. I was a police officer in Merrimack for 13 years. Was an assistant harbor master for a while. I went to school, got my master 100-ton captain's license, you know, doing charters. When I went to school, got my, for criminal justice, you know. So basically I had kind of all the hats for the job just because yeah. you have to, you know, have have so many. There was about 80 applicants, you know, no, that, that, that went through the process wow. you know, to, to get the job. But, you know, at the end of the day, you know, it was, you know, I, th- I think I had obviously all the right pieces, all the different, you know, there's a lot of good candidates, but there was just a lot of different pieces to the job. You know? And you know what, I'm... Like I said, you're such a great face for this community. Like all the things you do between bringing the tournament, you know, getting the new house there, putting the dredging thing, getting the grants. I mean, you care about it. You're from here. You understand it. You understand the different types of people. And it's such a huge asset. We're very lucky to have you and your crew here, for sure. It's definitely appreciated by a lot of people around here. Yeah, being able to leverage your hometown relationships, too, to, like, you know, get things done. Yeah, no, and and truth be told, I mean, it's a hard job because, you know, you got to enforce. Mm -hmm. You know, you know a lot of the people. Mm -hmm. You know, it's just, you know, you got to be like a chameleon. You're constantly just trying to play all the pieces you know and at the end of the day you want to keep everybody safe you have you have to manage you have to do the job yeah you know so it's uh it's it's 
not the easiest thing in the world. But. No, you're just wearing different hats. And, like, you know, I'm on a small scale, like me as a charter captain and you as a charter captain, there's a lot yeah. of hats you wear on that day, on that trip. Yep. But, like, just, you know, like you said, you get 48 people working for you. So You know, the, the number one thing is we're all in the same boat. It's That's all, the it's best all, part. We're all in the community. Yep. You know, we're all fishermen. We're all, you know, using the river. And, you know, we're all turn- we have different, you know, goals. But... At the end of the day, you know, we all have to work together. It's like you said, it's a small world. Mm-hmm. So you know. speaking of goals, Paul, like as you, you know, you must have a vision. You must have something that you're trying to create. Like when it's all said and done for you and you look back on your career as the harbor master, what do you want to say that you accomplished? So that was funny because so actually in my interviews, that was the mayor's question to me when I finally made it to the final round was what are your visions of the waterfront? Wow. You know, okay. so it was, I used to work out of a shed. Mm-hmm. That's right. Literally, it was a shed. A shed. It was Literally. like Santa's Village. You know, no bathrooms, no facilities. You know, the, the department wasn't really looked at as, as a true department. You know, so I tried to take all my my background and what my, my visions of it was the transient boaters facility, my office. You know, bathrooms, showers. You know, we we had a lot of boats that passed by Newport because we didn't have the showers, we didn't have the laundry, we didn't have you know the facilities. And they said, you know what, you know, we're just we're just gonna keep going. You know, so now, I mean, my visions were, was it was another gateway for the community was to have people come here by boat. Mm-hmm. You know, so they, now they come here, they have, you know, they can tie, it's almost like a hotel. They get a key card, they can pull up to the docks, they come up, they can do their laundry, they can take a shower, they can use the bathrooms, they have facilities, and they it's they go downtown, they're like, this is freaking unbelievable. How long have you been Harbor Master? Full-time, 13 years. 13 years. You've already accomplished so much. Yeah. It's impressive. Yeah. What's next? What's what's the next thing you'd like to do now that you got some things in the in the pipeline that you've accomplished? Um, the dredging. You know, dredging. Keep, keeping up with the safety. You know, the, mm-hmm. the maintenance dredging. You know, because mm-hmm. obviously the biggest thing is, is, and also Plum Island, the beaches, the sand. Yeah. The erosion. You know, so keeping up with that. Um, maybe adding some more docks. That's you know, right. I keep forgetting Plum Island. You get that whole stretch that way too, huh? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's so yeah. I mean, a lot of it falls under me. People, when I tell them what I do, they're like, "What? <laughs> I didn't realize you did all that." You yeah. Know? And honestly, I didn't realize you did all that till I. Like, <laughs> well, I think it, I think it really kind of came full circle to me just a few weeks ago when we took that ride up for the mackerel. Uh, yeah. Me, you, and Dan went up to the mackerel meeting, yeah. and just you talking about the stuff that you that was going on. I was like, Jesus. I mean, I knew. You had a lot of it, but I didn't realize it was solely you dealing with all these issues at once. Yeah, yeah, it's a lot. You know, like I said, you got Cashman Park. Yeah, you know, which is extremely busy in itself. The city docks. And then you, you know the pump out program. The pump out. So that's that's where we you know so I had the boats running and you know we were part of the uh, the CVA grant the Clean Vessel Act you know so we're doing the pump outs keeping the pump out going, <laughs> working with all the other communities you know the the transient docks Plum Island the parking lot the bathrooms. You know, keep, keeping the boats going, you know. They don't office. pay you enough. <laughs> I don't care if they pay you a million dollars. They don't pay you enough. <laughs> do, you, do you currently have any job openings? No, we don't. No. No. How does one become an assistant harbor master? Like like you said, you got, what, 20 of them working? 18? 18, yeah. yeah so you, I mean, that's the thing. You have to wear so many hats with the job. You know, you got to have a lot of... But, but like, say you put say you put out a thing, oh, we're looking for a harbor master. How, like, could I become a harbor master? Like, how does that no, work? Number one thing for me is handling a boat yeah 
Do you, you know, put them through a test? Yeah, we do. Oh, you do? Yeah. Nice. I yeah. think they should do that for everybody. But. Yeah. So the number one thing is starting, you know, handling a boat, and then you, you know, then there's a law enforcement part of it, mm-hmm. and then there's the, you know. Do you need to have any formal training in law enforcement? Or there is. is that something? Yeah, so there's, there's, there's a, a state, requirement. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a whole Harbor Master. We have a Harbor Master training council. Okay. You know, so as you guys know, you've probably you've seen it all over the news. You know, they have, they have the thing now with the whole police reform. Mm-hmm. So that's trying to find out where harbor masters fall because we have arrest powers yep. and we also have law enforcement powers, but yet that's not like our number one yeah. number one thing that we do. You know, ninety nine percent of what we're doing is we're liaisons, we're managers. Yep. We're, you know, but you know, for me, you know, I was a police officer for thir- you know thirteen years. I've been through the academy. You know, substantial background in that, but that doesn't. It's not always the case for all the guys that work for me. Yeah, you know? but. That's not the number one thing that what we do. So would I need that as a prerequisite, or could I go and then you guys would provide the Correct. training? Yeah. Yep. yep. So you would provide the training for somebody lot, who doesn't have it? Yep. A lot of in-house training. We, we have our own Harbor Master Training Council. Oh, cool. Yeah. Well, that's really interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So any of you young whippersnappers want to be the Harbor Master, there you go. Yeah. Something to look forward to. So just some just some data questions. How many, how many rescues, or how many times have you guys dispatched out, would you say, in a season? Do you know? Uh, every day from Memorial Day to Labor Day, there's something. There is something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how I mean, many boats do you because pull, pull off a half-tied rocks? Every well, that's just it. So you know, last year you must have had a field day. I felt like yeah. there was five of them at least. Yeah. So we, we get involved. I mean, we get involved with some of that. We, we basically mm-hmm. keep them the safety. Then we call tow boat or sea tow. You know, because we don't get involved with the salvage. We basically tow at a time where somebody's you know life is in danger or the boat's in danger. And then we get them the safety, and then you know the, the tow boat or the, the sea tow take them from there. Okay. But Coast Guard calls me all the time. The police call me all the time. The fire, you know, environmental it is, police. Because like, the river's not big. Like it's no, it's, it's not, not very wide. It's nine it's miles. A small space. It is amazing how many people are policing the river. I mean, yeah. you have a harbor masters from two two towns, and then you yeah. have the the environmental, environmental police, police. Yep. and then you have the coast guard. So it's like four forms of law enforcement that are there. So don't forget, I mean, the coast guard are excellent. They're great guys to work with, but their kind of focus is offshore. Yeah. Okay. So and they'll, they'll even tell you this. So they rely on us a lot for local knowledge because you get guys coming from all over the world that just signed on to be in the coast guard that come out here, and you know, here we are, Station Merrimack, you know, and it's. The local knowledge of the local hut, hut points, you know, back, you know, Black Creek Rock, you know, the High Rock, all these different spots, they don't know where that is. Yep. You know, so it's, they rely on us a lot. Yeah, because they get a call, oh, there's an accident on a High Rock. Like, how the hell would they know? Right. Yeah. Yeah. So they, they their focus is offshore a yeah. lot. So they rely on us for the inshore stuff, big time. Yeah. Man, that's a crazy gig. Have you ever been to the Coast Guard Academy? It's my last football game I ever played. Was yeah. out in the Coast Guard Academy. That place is absolutely beautiful. Yep, absolutely. And that dude, they actually when we played him, their quarterback was the Division Three Heisman Trophy, Heisman oh, no Trophy winner. He was insane. They threw up seventy on us, man. This kid was ridiculous. But what a beautiful campus! And then actually, we took my buddy's boat. Um, he was from Long Island, and we left. Uh, it was in New London, Connecticut, the Coast Guard, and we jumped on the boat and zipped right over to Montauk and yeah. fished there for the weekend. So it was great. Of course you fished. Of course. <laughs> what else am I going to do, right? Yeah, it was my first time fishing down there in Montauk, and that, that was a lot of fun. Yeah. So. Yeah, they're, they're a good group of guys. Yeah. They're all about training, you know. So as you know, I get calls all the time. What's up with the helicopter flying around? What, why are the boats going out, you know? So they're, they're training. 
who calls you <laughs> to ask Why is that anybody and everybody? Because my cell phone number is really? everywhere. No kidding. Yeah, it just doesn't end. You know, as soon as I see a helicopter going or the, the boat's going, what's going on? What's going on? What's going on? You know, <laughs> people just being nosy or they want to help. Uh, a little both. <laughs> a little, a little both, both. Right? Yeah. Yeah. You know, that's a good thing. I mean, I, I, I must say, luckily in this in this area, you know, guys like yourself and you know other charter captains, whenever you know stuff hits the fan, oh yeah, they're always willing to help Absolutely. to be there. You know, so that's why it's important when, when something happens. You know, the cell phone thing is good, but it doesn't broadcast to the Mariners. So I yeah. always tell people if there's something going on, try to advertise it on Channel 16, mm-hmm. um, so everybody can hear it. Because when something happens, you know, you, you want to be able to respond. You never know when there's a, another charter boat captain, another you know fisherman, or somebody that's in the area that could be responding to that call immediately. Oh, immediately, immediately, yep. somebody right next to you, somebody who knows what they're doing, because we have a million charter captains here too. A lot so. of talented, a lot of talented guys around here that you know know this water better than better than most, and not just fishing but boating. Yeah, especially. Yep. 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 It ain't an easy river. Actually, you know what? <laughs> I was just saying to somebody the other day, it's like when I go take my boat down to the Cape or fish somewhere else, like I used to fish my buddy's boat in Beverly quite a bit, it's actually harder for me to dock the boat with no current. Yeah. I'm so used to that current ripping, and I basically play it to the current and the wind. But when you don't have it, like, Been there, done that. I'm, I'm like I'll all be, over the place. I'll be driving a pontoon boat in the lake, like, oh, we got the harbor master driving the boat. Yeah, it's all set. <laughs> yeah. I'm like, no pressure. <laughs> I'm like, where's the current? Where's the wind? <laughs> what am I doing? I'm going where I'm supposed to be going. This makes no sense. I thought you knew what you were doing. <laughs> <laughs> I'll tell you, I had a rough one yesterday. I was by myself, and uh, I had the southeast wind incoming time, and it just kept blowing me off my dock. It took me like three attempts, so, and I was just like, oh. I want to get away for a while. Yeah, as long as you, yeah, <laughs> nobody was there. As long as you're not hitting anybody. Yeah, I just main calm. I was more frustrated that I couldn't get my ass end in more than anything. But well, it's like the golden rule: don't go any faster than you would be willing to hit something. Yeah, yeah. If you're gonna hit something, everybody. hit it slow. Yeah. If you're gonna hit something, hit it slow. Yep. So you were saying you're going to add more docks. Is that more docks? Well, that one of the things you were talking about was possibly adding more docks in the future. You mean like city docks or yes. other marinas? City docks, almost almost another finger, like kind of like what we have, you know, the, yeah. the linear strip that we have almost going out another another, you know, finger length on the end. It's just yeah. It's getting so busy. <laughs> it's getting crowded in there. You know, and bigger and bigger boats, which is so great for the city. Every time you get those yachts in, oh, who's this? Who's that? Is that? Um, is that Tom Brady? Is that you know? Who's a famous person? Every yeah. charter when those things are in, we get to do the drive-by. But how, take how pictures. nice is that? Oh, that's that's a, sick. Yeah, yeah, that's great. And then like you know, even at night after after hours, I'll just say, you know what? I'm gonna go down and incognito, kind of take a walk down the boardwalk. And it's <laughs> when, when the boat when the boardwalk's packed and you get all those nice boats. It's like yeah. You know, it's it's definitely good. I think your project should be you should take the little nook. You know what I'm talking about. And you should make that like a charter captain's dock. The embayment area? Yeah. You know, it's just we need an area. We need an area. Cheap, paid by the state. <laughs> you know, when you talk about community, we're working hard over here. How <laughs> they're working. Um, Chris, remember when uh, we caught that? It was like a 48 inch bass. And then we, rather than going up the channel, we cruised by the public dock. And I held up the fish, and everyone on the dock's like, woo! Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, that was funny. Yeah, that was funny. That boardwalk is hopping. I mean, oh, it is. And even at, I mean, I go down there all sorts of times of the day and night, and it's just it's a busy, busy I spot. Like, I like going by nice and slow, people watching. 
see what's around and uh you know it's it's good it's yeah. good i love when i see some of my students and they just hear mr v and i look <laughs> up and all these kids wave and that's always fun yeah that's always a good time One time when i was there just walking around there was kids doing gainers into the cove oh no shit. it must have been off that day <laughs> <laughs> oh i see kids jumping up back when my family had a, a dock at um Gosh, I can't remember. It's where the condos are on the other side of the bridge. River's Edge. River's Edge. Yeah, that's where that first boat was. And kids used to jump off that bridge all the time, the railroad bridge. I don't know if they're still doing that. I never did that. Yeah, right. (laughs) (laughs) High Rock. I haven't done that in a while. I used to do that as a kid. But we used to, my buddies from down the beach, we used to do the walk, walk the path there. Like Nowadays, I'd just take the boat and climb right on. How how long is the path to get out there? I don't know. It felt like an hour. It's a hike. Yeah, uphill both ways, and it's through mud. I lost a sandal. I, I I went in the mud and I dropped down to my thighs, dude. I was down to my thighs in mud like quicksand, and I couldn't get out. When I got out, I lost a flip flop and it was gone, <laughs> gone. So if anyone finds a flip flop stuck in the sand down there, you know, I'm yeah. sure there's a lot of things just stuck last, in the mud. Just last year, I get a, did a uh, perfect ten swan dive off of the uh, high rock. Yeah, okay. <laughs> Tell him you're pretty nimble for a big guy. <laughs> Visual. You are. You've always been really good at like weird stuff like that. Like you wouldn't expect that. I always call uh Dan the best bar athlete I've ever met. Like darts, pool, disc golf, oh, things like that. Like he just dominates. <laughs> Touch your toes. Yeah. I couldn't do that. <laughs> Might run out of breath these days, but I can do it. Yeah, we'll work through it. We'll work through it. <laughs> Do you do anything in the winter? Do you ski or anything like that? I do. You yeah, do? Yeah. Ice fish. You do ice? Are you ice yeah. fish a little bit? Oh, we're going to get together. Yeah. Ski. You got to do Dan's tournament. Yeah, he, he I did have. one year. Yeah. I have. Oh, you did? Oh, yeah, that's right. You were there. there. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's right. I was in. Yep. 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 Yeah, that's a time where it kind of slows down a little bit. The yeah. winner, you got a guy next to you got a big fish and he wasn't in the tournament. You oh, said, I remember a, that. Yeah, yeah. It was like a Tell six, the story. I remember that. Oh, yeah. yeah, I was sitting there and all of a sudden you hear the hoot and the holler and he brings up this monster bass. It was like, must have been, what, six pounds? I think yeah, it was. Yeah, I think it was over six pounds. And he goes, oh, I'm not even in the tournament. I'm like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> everyone's like, yes. <laughs> everyone's like, oh, funny. thank God. You know, <laughs> There's the some guy, big fish in Chadwick. Oh, yeah. The guy that won yeah. that year, like he had the spot of all spots. Like, him and his buddy, they both placed, and they were catching like four pound plus bass. That was a fun. That day. was a fun tournament. They were next to Fallon and I, I believe. They were fishing the the deep. We and Fallon were on the high ground. They were on the deep edge. Yeah, I don't think it could have been worse weatherwise. I think it was like slush. No, oh, like it was like up to my knees, well, trying the, to walk so out. The weather was beautiful, stuff. but created those conditions yeah. on the ice where it felt like you were walking through. Like, yeah, my buddy's like, I want to fish on the other side over here, and I'm like, yeah. I think I threw up twice on my walk out in the and morning. Would have been oh. a perfect day to have like a sled that was be capable, like a, a snowmobile. Yeah, the fishing was good. I mean, it was. Yeah. A, it seemed like the tournament. Exactly. We had a lot of flags going that day. Yeah, I mean, yeah. it is what it is. I mean, yeah, ice drinking. It's a good time. Yeah, yeah. The, this year it was the wind. Like, so it was easy to walk oh, on wind the flags. ice, but it was like yeah. whoo, wind flag galore. Yeah. Uh, still a lot of fish caught. But someone actually caught a four pound pickerel. Oh, that, that girl, right? Yeah, it was a woman. Yeah, yeah. Had to, like she was like fighting it through the hole. She had it on a jigging rod too. It wasn't on a tip up. Oh, yeah. beast. Yeah, she was reeling in. She's like, oh, I think it. And then it swam by the hole. She's like, that's. The thing is huge. <laughs> Ice fishing so fun. You know, it's just yeah, yeah, it's it's with the right group of guys, you know, the, the flags going, the food going. Oh, yeah. getting, getting, bring out the grills and yeah. the burners. It's That's the best make pot. It. Yeah. It is honestly insane. Like, because I don't do it a lot, but I have all the stuff to do it, and I'll probably do it like three or four times a year. 
But there are some people that are like heavily invested. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not going out in the freezing cold. Yeah. I'm out there like when it's nice. And, well, when yeah. I'm talking, when you're talking like gear, though, it's yeah. like they got the two sleds that are packed with absolutely yeah. anything, and people they bring everything in. but the kitchen sink. Mm-hmm. Crazy. But and those get, are also the cool ones to hang out in because they got everything. Yeah. You know, they got oh, the yeah. warmers. I'm showing up with Music that guy. going. Yeah, that's yeah. a good friend to have. Yeah. Yeah. They got like, oh my god, they're breaking all like salt and pepper shakers and everything. All they the weird food, bear. Yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. There's always a weird. Like it's not like it's hamburgers and freaking hot dogs. Oh no. It's like all the ostrich, whatever. It doesn't matter. You got to try my moose chili. And how good is it when you taste yeah. it? Like, wow. Oh, yeah, no matter what, you're just like, oh, this is amazing. Yeah. <laughs> I got some raccoon. <laughs> oh, definitely. But it's a lot of fun. Oh, yeah. Yeah, I could care less. If I go ice fishing, I could care less about catching anything. It's just hanging out with the boys. It's almost too much work sometimes. It is too much work. Days. Even the artichoke, right? In the report, yeah. that place is hopping. I grew up fishing there a lot with my yeah. father when I was younger. I haven't done it in a while. I never ice fished there. Yeah, it's a oh. good... It's a good spot. A lot of flags. Yeah. A lot of fish. Yeah. It's yeah. a good shot. God, I haven't been there forever. Yep. I can't even remember. I, don't, I think I was like eight years old the last time I fished at the Artichoke. Yeah. Well, so this winter, I know what we're doing. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Ice fishing at the Artichoke. Let's Absolutely. do it. The three of us. Yeah, because I've always gravitated to Chadwick. Is always a place I've gone. And then obviously Plug's Pond. And then... Uh, <laughs> Also, um, Johnson's Pond. Yeah. I caught, I caught yeah. an eight and a half pound largemouth in Johnson's Pond. <laughs> Through the ice? No, no, no. It was in the oh, summer. Yeah. Oh, really? That's yeah. a pig. Yeah, the thing was an absolute beast of a fish. It was like the size of my leg. It was crazy. That's big. I'm like, yeah, and I got big legs. <laughs> <laughs> my biggest bat largemouth I ever caught was your birthday party at Kingston. Do you remember that? You no, no. Oh, yeah, I do. Yes, I do. The thing was a monster. I think yeah. it was like six and a half, seven pounds. It was absolutely huge. I was eight and it was sick. And like that was it. And then we went saltwater fishing and never really got back into it. Yeah, life was good living on that lake. No, turn it, it back. Awesome. Yeah, you got that was a good little spread you guys had. So there, there was like a, there was this, the community had like a public, a little beach for all the, the people that lived there to use. And where you had sand and then there was like a ton of weeds on each side. Mm-hmm. And I would take a net. And I would just go in the water and along the weed edge, I would just run with the uh, with the with the net. And when I picked up the net, it would be like full of sunfish. Like no I it was full, it would be like the 13, 14, 20 sunfish that I would just scoop right out of there. I, mean, like, I can't remember the last time I caught a sunfish, dude. Yeah. That's yeah. awesome. They're Still on the fun, though, they're right? on the bingo card. Yeah. <laughs> Still fun. We were trying to think yeah. of one more fish to complete it. I'm like, fuck it. There was school. There was sunny in there. <laughs> With the right gear, and there's also need the barber go down. It's all fun, man. Yeah. It's all fun. Just the tongue is the drug. Yep, definitely. The tongue is the drug. So, any Paul, any advice you want to give to the, the, the new newer boaters on the river, or anyone that's coming in? Like, what's the best piece of advice you can give them? As far Take as- a boater safety class. Okay. Yeah, I mean, so the uh, Coast Guard Auxiliary, we actually put some on, um, you know, just to learn the basics because it's crazy, still crazy to me to this day that you don't need a license to drive a boat. In it is wild. It yeah. is wild. Yeah. You would think a state like Massachusetts, it would. Be yeah. So you know, places. and reach out to me. Reach out to the department. You know, just as far as local knowledge, just as far as you know learning the, the basics but yeah it's just it's just a it, it can be a dangerous area you know but just you just have to pay attention yep. a woman i work with is a new hampshire resident and she was um she's in the process of getting her boater's license like her and a boyfriend or fiance are yep. getting into it so i was walking by her room the other day she got me she goes chris chris you you can answer this you're a captain i'm like yeah what do you got and it was her like course and i was like oh my god this is like an actual captain's course like yep. the questions they were asking about like right away inland and stuff like that 
And I was actually kind of happy with myself with how much I remembered for some yeah. of the shit she was talking about because I haven't thought about some of it in 10 years, you know? It's also about getting out there and doing it. You know, you can you can do the... Uh... <laughs> we got some fans outside. <laughs> come on in. <laughs> Your girlfriend can come in, buddy. <laughs> Not you. <laughs> That's <what I'm> funny. <laughs> We're not going to edit that out. Yeah. Gonna hear that. So, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, I mean, anybody can get a piece of paper, you know, yeah. but, but still, you, you literally have to get behind the boat, you know, deal with the different currents, the different winds, and, and just, you know, like Dan said earlier, just take your time, go as fast as, you know, keep the boat going as fast as you want to hit something. And, you know, it, it's just putting time in the water. I want to throw my buddy a plug here, Gig Michaud. You know, Gig? You got to know Gig, right? Uh, Gia? I do. Yeah. Gig. <laughs> But um, yeah, he's an, he's a guy that goes out there and shows you the ropes. And if you ever want somebody on your boat, you know it's cheap money in the long run. To and he's an excellent, excellent one. I'm a Navy guy, so uh, gig Misha, gig Misha, Misha. I don't know. I always forget how to say Same it. Shot. Yeah, there's not that shot. many gigs. So yeah, guy named Gig. Call him out. But, <laughs> but uh, yes, he, do, he does a great job. Yeah, he does so a great it's, job. It's the hands-on stuff. Just an hour or two with him, or you know, any of the local guys. It's it's just. You know, are there other people that that are doing that? Like helping <laughs> on boats and showing them what to do? Yeah, a couple of the coasties do it on yeah. the side. Oh, do they? Yeah. Yeah. No kidding. Yeah. But that's the hands-on stuff. You know, it's not yeah. just the paper. No, well, that's I what got, it is. I got they my license. But at the very least, you know, there there is something in the legislature that the harbor master is trying to do to actually make it so you have to get a license yeah. in Massachusetts. You know, so at least it's you know it's very basic. You know, it's being considered. So you or I, we're we're actually held more accountable because Correct. we're we're you know try to book captains and have the, the, the captain's licenses versus someone that doesn't know. It's know? basically like no matter what, it's our fault type of deal. So we got to be very careful. Basically. You know, it really is. Yeah. Because out of all the rules of the road, the number one rule is don't collide. Right. 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 Do what you got to do not to That's collide. That's what we try to, you know, th- at the end of the day, we just, you know, try to keep everybody safe and just, you know, the, as many classes you can take, the better. Yeah. Have you, uh, <laughs> geez, you know, it's been a couple of years since we've had a boat on a jetty, I feel like. Right, there was that one in the North Jetty probably about four years ago, maybe. Uh, yeah, it's, I feel like it's almost every year. Yeah, I don't know. I, we were just talking about that today. The guys I had today, they were with me one year when there was one on the South Jetty on July fifth. Seems like July fifth for whatever reason. There always seems to be a boat on a jetty in the morning. <laughs> well, that's just when it shows up after the fourth. Yeah, July, well, obviously. Yeah, everyone's yeah. out drinking and stuff the night before. Got to be careful with that. Yeah. yeah, I think it would be good to teach people also too. You know, when the, when you're panicking and you have something going wrong, like the proper way to act. Because there was a there was a, one time when Chris first got his new his newer boat. Um, he ran out of gas. I did. Say, say that again. Chris ran out of gas. Can we explain why I ran out of gas? No, you ran, you wasn't ran out his of fault, gas. So, sure. <laughs> so he ran out of gas, and so Pete Murray took me in to to, uh, to to get get a gas tank, get some gas from the gas station, and then uh, Uncle Johnny took me out. And on the way out, there was a guy in a grady white. <laughs> And it's always a guy in a grady white. <laughs> <laughs> See, it's, it's just us. Like, everybody, 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 we got a little heat from a couple <laughs> times talking yeah. shit about grady whites, but it's, it's, it's always, we're talking it's, shit. It's, it's, it's just, no it just happens to be that There's way. always a guy in a grady white. So there is. Always is. He was broken down past the elbow with a North Jetty, and he was drifting out, and it was a pretty serious south wind, and he was blowing right into it. He had his life jacket on, and he was in a straight panic, a straight panic, and he did not know what to do. And um, what he did was... His boat hit the hit the jetty. It went bow first, right up, and this thing went at like a ninety degree angle. I thought it was gonna flip over, and uh, he was on the rocks. And 
he jumped off of his boat onto the jetty to try to push the boat off of the jetty. And when he did, he was just hanging onto the rail. And then I was like, oh, my God, this is where it ends. And then that motherfucker must excuse my language, must have had a ton of adrenaline pumping because he pulled himself up and got back on the boat. But, you know, we called you guys and uh, got out there fairly quickly and ended up getting, he got towed in by Seto. Yep. But it was like crazy to just watch this boat just constantly smashing into the rocks, smashing into the rocks. I'm, I'm shocked. Oof. I'm honestly shocked that nobody got hurt. Yeah. Was he by himself? Or was just he was him? all alone. Yep. That just goes to show you how quickly things happen. Yep. You know, it's that was four years ago this weekend. Yeah. Yeah, it was Memorial Day weekend. It was. And by the way, it's not like I just ran out of gas. I had my new boat, <laughs> my first tank, and my digital gauge um, had, a, had an electric, electrical issue, which happened again two years later, and kind of the same thing happened. Luckily, uh, it was at the end of the trip, so <laughs> my dad was right there, and he pulled me into Hampton and filled up and came back. But uh, sometimes, with for whatever reason, it happened to Kyle last year, too, in a Suzuki gauge. Um, there's like a... It like what's it called jumps i guess yeah, yeah. and uh never believe the gauges oh dude are you kidding me my gauge if it says i have to f put in 52.8 gallons yeah. i put in 52.8 gallons it's ridiculous yeah, yeah so that's off problem. all the time i tell tell my guys that all the time you know it's like you know because you never know we may be out there all night you know mm -hmm. yeah it's just keep it top to keep it top never, never know position, what you're gonna be for dealing sure with, yeah. you never know how far you're gonna have to go yeah. how rough it's gonna be so yeah. how far do you guys go out? Do you only go out to the three mile line for state waters if there's an issue, or do you just stay in the river? Um, Is there anything depends outside on the, river? the issue? Yeah, yeah. When you say issue, I mean obviously if there's somebody that we can help with, yeah, we're there we're going. Okay, uh, you know? yeah, yeah. So, I mean as far as enforcement, yeah, it's three miles, and then we go up to the you know up to Hampton, yeah, you know, you know, up, up that way. So it's generally within three miles. Okay, for for enforcement, but if you can go out and help anybody, you're you're anywhere anytime, you anywhere. Yeah, if we have an asset available, we're going. Perfect. Yeah, nice. which was actually, I mean, but not to toot my own horn, but believe it or not, we're the, a lot of times we're there first. Oh, I believe it. You know, just just because we're out there, you know, and it's it's local knowledge and. So, what kind of boats do you guys have? I know you got you got one dusky, right? Yep. So we have a, a twenty five safe boat. Mm -hmm. I just got a grant through the Port Security Grant. We're building another 25 Senate console, like almost like the one that the 23 that the Environmental Police have. The, the North console. Coast? North no, Coast? it's a safe boat. Is yeah. that the name of it? Yeah, name built out in Seattle. They, okay. All they do is... So basically, the the uh, 25 public safety boat that we have, the orange one, yep. the, um, the Coast Guard wish, wishes they had those back. They have the Metal <laughs> Sharks now, yeah. the 29s. Nothing like the 25 safe boats that we have. But, yeah. you know, I, I work alone a lot. So, I mean, the Senate console is nice. It's a little bit more user-friendly. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, we just got a, got a grant for that one. So it was um, Port Security Grant, which was a big federal grant. So it, that'll be showing up in the fall. Nice. We were hoping sooner, but with everything that's going on in this day and age with the, the engines and the, the, the way things are being built. Yeah. Well, yeah. the engines are crazy to get yeah. a hold of. So we'll have, yeah, when we have the, uh, the North Coast for the... Uh, for the pump out boats and so we'll end up having four four boats yeah nice yeah. yeah well the thing is like with the supply chain issues and everything there's a lot of pieces and parts to boats you know all yeah. it takes is one chink in the armor and you're waiting an extra yeah and the way i mean the way that port security went through the coast guard and the way that they looked at it was this is another asset for them because mm -hmm. yeah. they call us all the time you know yeah. so it's like they, they, they love having this asset in the river you know between all the bridges, the gas docks, you know, we got the nuclear power plant, you know, so that was, it was through port security, not just the SARS, the search and rescue. It's, it was basically, that's how we wrote the grant. Okay. Yeah. 
Your boat in the water yet? You going to start charter fishing soon? My boat's in the water, and I don't want to do a lot of charters this year. Well, you have Christian <laughs> really do it, right, yeah. for the most part? Yeah, he does a few here and there. Yeah. 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 It's well, As you know, I mean, it's it's a lot. You it's know. a grind. You know, it, I can't it, imagine doing what you do on yeah. top of that. I, I do a few here and there. I've been doing it my whole life, but, yeah. you know, it's just... I can, I can only be in so many places. Yeah. You know, but obviously I I love being out there, you know, so it's I just I just can't do as many as I used to. So when your day off, are you on your boat or are you mowing your lawn? There yeah, there's no days off. If I'm not yeah. if I'm not <laughs> playing Harbor Master, I'm at the shop, you know. Yeah. If I'm not in the shop, I'm doing a charter, you know, there's always something to do. But I love it, you know, it's 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 nice having all the different different options. Yep. The man of many hats. Yeah. Well, Paul Thank you very much. We're about at an hour and a half. I've been going since 5.30 this morning. Hour and a half? Jeez. Yeah. Which is kind of short talking to a hog, to be honest with you. <laughs> so is there going to be a chapter two? When we uh, when we going to get we gotta get you and Dickie on here together? Yep. We'll get the whole hog family I, on. I want to get my father and Dickie on here, because those two just sit at the shop for hours and just go back and forth. We might as well just throw some microphones in their face and see what we get out of it. <laughs> Sooner than awesome. later. Yeah. It might not be safe for work, but yeah. it will be funny. We'll give it that. I'm in. All right, brother. All right, thanks again, Paul. Yeah, appreciate thanks a lot, Paul. it. Right, thanks for having us. You. you know, Paul, thanks for everything that you do too. It's very much appreciated. Yeah, like I said, anyone that's listening, if if you have anything from me or the department, you know, reach out to me directly. You know, that's what we're here for, and you know, I love love you know being a service to everybody. So, all right, thank you, brother. Thanks, man. Yeah.